0: Good morning, everybody. This is Will, and you're listening to Two Man Congress. Before we end up talking about our topic of the day, we want to discuss more about Patreon and uh, the deal that we have going on there. Uh, As we've said in our, well, every episode since we first launched it, but Patreon is a great way for you to support us. But we've been working on this goal of helping refugees and Uh, So, what we've been wanting to do is everybody who joins Patreon before the end of this month, uh, so that'll be before April 30th, and we're pretty much halfway there, so uh, there's not a ton of time left. So, if you want to help us and if you want to help the refugees, go ahead and join Patreon, and all of your first two months of proceeds will uh, go ahead and help refugees worldwide who are looking for shelter and looking for travel and looking for uh, a place to become, to be resettled. So go ahead and help us out there and we would greatly appreciate it. Today's topic, we're going to be continuing a discussion on free speech. And today we're actually going to be discussing some stuff that are a little more controversial because we're going to be talking about free speech in the classroom. And as uh, current events tell us, there have been some recent developments where the freedom of speech in the classroom is a heavily debated constitutional topic. We won't go into any of the debates today, but we want to give a little bit of analysis, and we'll give an introduction to why the debates are actually being debated. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the freedom of speech the students, we're going to talk about freedom of speech for the teachers, and we're going to discuss a little more about those uh, challenging topics that uh, could potentially uh, be uh, brought to the Supreme Court and will actually most definitely be challenged and brought to the Supreme Court. But let's go ahead and discuss student-free speech. We want to give a little bit of a refresher on uh, some of the forums that we discussed in our previous episodes about free speech, because if you remember, we've talked about what speech is protected, we've talked about where speech is protected, and we've also talked about uh, time, manner, and place, which are how uh, the kind of restrictions that can be put on free speech if they meet constitutional requirements. The school is a limited public forum, which means that the government has some say on what speech can and what speech can't be presented. But there's been a lot of debate, because this is the freedom of speech, about what kind of speech actually is protected. This debate was first brought up in Tinker v. Des Moines, which Tinker v. Des Moines, and there were a lot of adults and uh, some students who... Uh, decided to fast between December 16th and New Year's Day uh, to protest the Vietnam War. In between those two fasts, they were going to wear black armbands to symbolize their protest, uh, dissenting from the Vietnam War. Uh, The school, however, thought that this protest might be a little disruptive, and so they sent out a notice to let everybody know if they showed up wearing armbands that they would be suspended. So everybody, except for a few people, followed the notice and did not wear an armband. But a few people, including the Tinkers, wore an armband to school and they were suspended. They sued because they felt their First Amendment rights were being violated and they ended up winning. There are a couple of things that we learned from this case that are important for our discussion. Uh, The first thing is that as long as speech does not interrupt the educational process... Uh, The government has no authority to uh, prescribe what speech can and cannot be protected in schools. So the armbands were not being disruptive in the classrooms. It did not distract from the content that the teachers were trying to teach. And so the armbands were considered a protective form of First Amendment expression. The other thing to note is that even though... Schools are a limited public forum. Freedom of speech is still heavily protected in the schools because you cannot be expected to just walk in and check all of your constitutional rights at the school gate, which is a term that is used in Tinker v. Des Moines. So Tinker v. Des Moines is the first big case that we have about the freedom of speech in schools. The second big case that we have about free speech in schools is school district number 403 versus Fraser. In this case, there's a student, he was asked to give a speech at the school, and in his speech, he used a lot of obscene and profane language, and, while the school was not impressed, obviously, and decided to take some disciplinary action against the student, against Frazier, uh, to, maybe because of the content that was in his speech, and... The school district one in this case is saying that the free speech was not protected. So there's a couple of things that we learn from this case in Fraser. The first thing is that the schools can restrict some free speech. And so it, although it seems in direct opposition to Tinker, uh, what it really shows is there are forms of free speech that can be limited and that Tinker was not an absolute case where Every form of free speech brought by the students is going to be protected speech. The third and final case that we want to talk about about student free speech is Morris v. Frederick. And so this case, what happened is the Olympics were going on in Juneau, Alaska. And there's going to be a parade coming through. And the principal thought it would be a good idea for everybody in the school to get out and to watched the parade and the school participated in events in the parade and students were lined up across the street from the school and on the school on the school premises to watch this event as the cameras came by there was a student uh, frederick uh, principal morse was the principal the, those are the two parties morse was the principal frederick was the student uh, he held up a banner that appeared to promote uh, the Use of illegal drugs. And so the principal walked over and demanded that the banner should be taken down. And uh, of course, the student was a little upset and uh, took his case to the Supreme Court. At first, the uh, district court agreed with Morse that the banner should be taken down. And then it was re- reversed by the circuit court. And then at the Supreme Court, uh, the court agreed with Morse that the sign should be taken down. But here's the interesting reason why it says that there was a substantial so that the substantial disruption analysis that is used in Tinker uh, should not be applied in this case, but instead uh, we should address the health and the safety of the children uh, via the promotion of illegal drugs. And so because the school has an interest in protecting the children, and has stated that one of their goals was to uh, limit the use of illegal drugs. And this banner was found not to be used as offensive, but rather uh, to fulfill the purpose of the state interest of limiting drug use. And because it was at a school-sponsored event, it, it can be inferred, if this was approved, that the school district is fine with the use of illegal drugs. And that was not the message that they were trying to send. So free speech can be limited in that way, too. So from these three cases, there are a few takeaways. First of all, from Tinker, we learn that free speech is allowed if it is not disruptive in the classroom. We also learn from School District 403 v. Frazier that free speech is limited of course, for obscene material and uh, profane content. Uh, We also learn that free speech is limited for content that has been deemed harmful for the kids attending school. The last takeaway is that free speech is allowed for content that may be considered offensive, as long as that content produces no uh, proven harm. So that's the students. Let's talk about the teachers. There's really been no cases that where, where teachers have challenged their, the constitutionality of their free speech in the classroom. However, there is a case, uh, Garcetti v. Cibolos, uh, excuse me, I, I, on the pronunciation of that name. But in this case, there was a government official, and to note, teachers are government officials, so this applies uh, to and teachers as well. But there was a government official uh, he who wrote an affidavit as part of his job and submitted the affidavit to a court, but the affidavit wasn't included in the court case. And uh, he felt that it was out of spite, and so he challenged, uh, saying that his constitutional rights were violated, that uh, his affidavit, affidavit should be included. However, he lost this challenge, or... I'd rather, the Supreme Court held that the speech taken by government officials uh, in the course of their work is not protected speech. So, if the court wants to exclude a certain uh, thing, then they can exclude a certain thing. But in the case of teachers, what this means is teachers should be teaching what their subject is, and they should not be branching out into other subjects. But the biggest takeaway is that teachers have a limited amount of free speech in education, and likely their rights will be similar to the rights of the students. Okay, so let's get into some of the more challenging issues, or rather the more controversial issues uh, with regard to current events and what is being taught in schools. There's been a lot of controversy about what can be taught in Florida. Florida is being challenged heavily in this regard, and it's because of HB 1557, which is the Parental Rights in Education. And just as a standard, I I, I don't want to use the nicknames of bills just because I feel like those uh, can be inaccurate or... Uh, potentially misleading, and so I'll just go with what the names of the bills are of what they are given. Of course, uh, governments can give misleading names for bills as well, but that's going to be a standard that I use regardless of what bill is being discussed. Okay, so with this bill, I want to give an overview of what the bill is, and I'm going to give a direct quote of What Florida says this bill is and then I'm going to read the contested text rather than just discussing the contested text that way you actually have an idea for yourself of what the bill is and this is direct okay so the overview of the bill overview of the bill as given by Florida requires district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying student parents to specified information. It requires such procedures to reinforce fundamental right to parents to make decisions regarding upbringing, upbringing and control of their children, Prohibits school district from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying parents about specified information or that encouraging students to withhold from parents such information, Prohibits school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification and involvement in critical dis- decisions affecting students' mental, emotional, or physical well-being, prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels. Requires a school to require school districts to notify parents of healthcare services. Authorizes parents to bring action against uh, school district to obtain uh, declaratory. Judgment provides for additional award of injunctive relief, damages, and reasonable attorney fees and court costs to certain parents. So that's the overview of the bill. Uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. Pretty much just says uh, that parents are to be notified of any health or mental choices that the children are going to make uh, at school. The contested text of the bill is in regard to the sexual orientation part because it goes directly about what teachers can and cannot teach in the classroom. But it's part three. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. So this is the challenge that I've heard most of the bill, and it's one about freedom of speech, because uh, a lot of what I've heard is how can Republicans be all for freedom of speech, and then they go and uh, do uh, introduce a bill that limits the freedom of speech. Well, there are a couple of questions that need to be answered, and I'll do this as an analysis to present the questions, but I won't actually do the analysis because the analysis hasn't been Done before the Supreme Court, and although I can give permissions, it's not really my place to determine what the Supreme Court should or should not say about a bill. So what the Supreme Court would do in the case of this bill, and given some information, first they would determine what kind of form this is. And this is straightforward, it's a school setting, and there's no contest to whether or not it would be a school setting. So it would be a limited public forum. That is just a fact, and so there, there would be no contest there. What would be contested, and what I will not uh, give my opinion to as far as uh, this content goes, but what would be contested is the manner of speech that is being limited. And is it being limited because it is offensive, or is it being limited because of the potential harm for kids? That's going to be the big question. And then the third question, or the third part of the analysis that will happen is, is the speech that is barred being harmful for kids? Those are going to be the three biggest points. What's the manner of speech? Is it limited because it's offensive or because of its potential harm? And is the speech actually harmful? So, that's going to be the biggest questions when this case goes to the Supreme Court. It, it it will It is going to be challenging enough to where it goes to the Supreme Court. The other big case incurred events that are going on is the banning of books in Texas. And these same questions are going to be asked. Determine the forum. It's a limited public forum, which means that there are some uh, restrictions that the state can put on schools. They're going to have to ask: Is the manner, sp- what manner of speech is being limited? Is it being limited because it's offensive or because of its potential harm? And is the barred speech harmful for kids? So those questions are going to be asked, and uh, there's the case for both both sides. The biggest question is going to be uh, proving the harm for kids. If those Uh, books or if the content is proved harmful for kids then the speech will most likely continue to be barred also the speech can be accessed in other forums for example with the book banning and there the books may be banned in schools but they're not banned from public libraries and so the content is still available out there but there's there's a whole bunch of questions that the supreme court is going to have to answer and Uh, in regard to these and there's uh, the takeaway for you is what kind of content do you want your kids to have do you agree with these laws that are currently being passed or do you disagree and why and what will you do about it would you have your kids in these schools would you not have your kids in these schools or would you have your kids in schools that have opposite laws and vice versa and and that's why this is such a big issue for Uh, parents and teachers and uh, so many others just because of how close to home (laughs) these are because kids are as close to home as it gets but that's everything Uh, we look forward to talking with you next week chad and i are planning on doing a big debate about well i'll leave that for next week